0: It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather and he who controls the weather will control the world. How many are finally beginning to ask themselves what's wrong with the weather? First report from APNews.com. U.S. in deep freeze while much of the world is extra toasty. And then the report says, yet again, it's climate change. Is it? Much of the United States is shivering through brutal cold, the report says, as most of the rest of the world is feeling unusually warm weather, however strange it sounds. That contradiction, the report says, fits snugly in explanations of what climate change is doing to Earth, scientists said. Did they? And are we to believe them that protracted planetary warming somehow creates freak flash freezes on the surface that are then followed by record warm temperatures so often, which is exactly what is scheduled for the U.S. in the next week to 10 days from coast to coast, ever more extreme weather whiplash. How bad will it get and how soon? How many actually want to know the answer to such questions? so much more to this story, including what's coming closer to a climate science community admission of, quote, unknown factor in the equation, end quote. Gee, I wonder what that could be. Don't look up. Stay tuned. Next, try not to breathe. From sciencealert.com, deaths from fungal infections have doubled worldwide in just a decade. Just doubled? What about the countless other airborne elements that we're all inhaling with every breath we take, elements that are showing up in precipitation tests from all over the world, elements like nanoparticles of aluminum, barium, strontium, manganese, polymer fibers, surfactants, graphene, and the list goes on. Is any official agency even testing our breathable air column for any of those elements, let alone disclosing them? Sure answer, no. And I've had California EPA officials tell me exactly that to my face. Their statement, quote, we test for combustion particulates only. The rest of the samples go out the window, end quote. Their words, not mine. And that was in a closed door meeting in Sacramento arranged by a congressional rep, five top EPA officials. That's what they told me. And then there's the particle size to consider. Again, nanoparticles, which are the most bioavailable And bioaccumulative and thus harmful. No official agency is even looking for nanoparticles in our air, let alone disclosing that mountain of material that's floating around in our skies. And what a coincidence that all of these elements are named in climate engineering patents, which no official agency will admit to either, no matter how shockingly obvious such operations are in skies all over the world. Just condensation, they tell us. And for those that believe that narrative, please go to the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org and search the jet spraying section and ask yourself if that's really condensation. We have up-close film footage of aircraft turning their dispersions on and off. Are they falling from the skies? Did they turn their engines off? No, of course not. We have up-close photographs of the retrofit nozzles mounted on wing pylons aimed at the exhaust jet stream to make this look like, quote, condensation. And it doesn't take... That much deductive reasoning. When you look at the sky and you see one aircraft leaving a trail from horizon to horizon, at times next to another aircraft, same approximate altitude, leaving virtually nothing. Deductive reasoning should kick in at that point. Why isn't it? So consider if climate engineering wasn't just a, quote, proposal, as we're officially told, saturating the atmosphere with tens of millions of tons of nanoparticulates, and that's, by the way, the stated goal of the world's most recognized geoengineers, provides unlimited platforms for unlimited fungal proliferation. Imagine that. But it gets worse. Engineering winter weather mayhem with artificial ice nucleating elements has many layers and can be accomplished with many different elements. Consider these four science study titles. First, identification of a new ice nucleating bacterium and its ice nucleation properties. Here's another, ice nucleation by fungal spores and the effect of atmospheric transport of these spores. Both of those were from acpcopernicus.org. And let's add this, study on the ice nucleation activity of fungal spores. That's from harvard.edu. How about that? And then there's this, ice nucleation activity and aeolian dispersal success in airborne and aquatic microalgae. That's from Frontierin.org. Question, is it any surprise that every other Matrix TV media commercial is for some kind of breathing disorder? Asthma, allergies, COPD, breathing problems are epidemic all over the world at any time of year, all year long. For those that are still clinging to the illusion that the world and their lives are somehow going to get back to the way they were, before the last few years came along, and it was off the rails even before that, but it's become much more evident now, hasn't it? Now that the controllers are becoming ever more desperate with each passing day, if you think it's going to go back to what was, think again. The global controllers have only begun to play their cards, and they hold many. And once there isn't enough to go around, aka food and fuel, conflict, chaos, and carnage follows. It's already well underway, but nothing compared to what's coming. You're listening to the weekly installment of the commercial-free, non-political global alert news report, The End of the World as We Know It broadcast, brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of covert global climate engineering operations, a.k.a. weather warfare. Reaching a critical mass of awareness is the only way forward in this fight. We can, we must reach a critical mass by starting a conversation on climate engineering that leads people to a credible source of data. Geoengineeringwatch.org will continue all of our efforts to be the go-to source on covert climate engineering operations. Imperative to remember that a boat must be completely watertight, i.e. solid, credible data, or it will not make the journey. You don't go across a treacherous sea which is what our world is at this point, with a leaky boat. You don't tie your boat to other leaky boats. You make sure your boat is watertight. And again, that's what GeoengineWatch.org strives to be. We don't say it if we can't back it up. And please investigate everything we say. That's all we've ever asked. Don't believe us. Investigate every bit of data reported on this broadcast. More on the global fungal infection epidemic that is drastically impacting humans, fauna, and flora. No living life form is exempt. Continuing from the formerly mentioned ScienceAlert.com report, the most important lethal fungi are Aspergillus fumigatus and Aspergillus flavus, which cause lung infections. Among the people affected are those with lung diseases such as asthma, TB, and lung cancer, but also people with leukemia, those who have had an organ transplant and those in intensive care. Many of these people die because their doctor does not recognize that they have fungal disease or they recognize it too late. The Science of the report continues, Candida infections are one cause of sepsis and are found in the bloodstream. They are also linked to diabetes and renal failure or both and can also take hold after major surgery or trauma. When we are very ill, fungal elements can travel across the gut wall into the bloodstream. The Science Alert report then states the following. Aspergillus and Candida infections were also much more common in COVID patients in intensive care around the world. The COVID spike in fungal disease was not taken into account, the report says. They continue with this, fungal diseases are here to stay. We are surrounded by them and they live in our guts and on our skin. There are no vaccines for fungi. Severe fungal diseases strike when people are already ill. All of that, again, from sciencealert.com. So what else is lurking about in our air? What atmospheric particulates might be functioning as biological carrier platforms for their spread? You decide let's add this headline from the Global Center for Health Security. An unprecedented flu strain is attacking hundreds of animal species. Humans could be next, the report says. They continue. An avian flu pandemic among animals has struck some 320 bird and mammal species. The beaches of Valdez Peninsula in Argentina, normally so packed with elephant seals that this time of year it is impossible to stroll along the shore, were desolate except for hundreds of dark, rotting carcasses, nearly a whole season of seal pups with gulls pecking at their remains. They continue, Instead of the usual cacophony of bird calls that drowns out the waves during the breeding season, the eerie silence was only broken by the sound of a few remaining elephant seals shaking their heads, mucus running down their protruding namesake noses. Quote, You felt like a bomb had exploded, said Martin Mendez. He's an eyewitness to the carnage, recalling what he saw. And this article contained a photograph of that beach. And it was so shocking to me to see all the dead elephant seals with sand blowing across them. The beach littered with them, literally. And I've spent so much time with... Sea lions, the Channel Islands, so much time in solitude with 10, 20, 30 of them swimming around me, playfully, staring into my mask. It is so hard to watch this happen and to know that there is so much more to what's happening. It's not just an act of nature that the hand of what man has done is completely inseparable from all of this and so many going about their lives as if none of this matters, as if they only need Walmart and McDonald's to survive, which couldn't be further from the truth. Next, with everything that I've already covered in mind, let's add this. New from the World Economic Forum, quote, preparing for disease X. Well, that doesn't sound very encouraging, does it? How do they always know? Again, you decide. The fun never stops in the planetary asylum, does it? As I cover the next two related headlines, ask yourself if the so-called climate science community is finally alluding to the fact that there is a massive component of the climate collapse equation that is not being acknowledged. You think? First headline from Axios.com. Scientists unnerved by record-shattering 2023 temperatures. The report says climate scientists lack an explanation for why 2023 was the world's hottest year by such a large margin, calling the records revealed, quote, astonishing. Without an adequate explanation for 2023's record global temperatures, scientists could be missing a shift in the climate system that would call into question their projections of future climate change when no climate model contains any allowance reference to the climate intervention operations, which are totally derailing every aspect of the climate system, how can any model be anything other than inaccurate? And in fact, what these so-called scientists are going from is the data passed down to them from those who do the climate engineering, Raytheon and Lockheed Martin, doing all the climate modeling for the nation's weathermen, why would our nation's weathermen need private defense contractors to do their so-called forecasting? Because it's not just forecasting, it's the scheduled weather. This Axios report continues with this, the record-breaking heat extended from the air to the sea. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration found as the amount of heat stored in the top 2,000 meters of the ocean shattered records as well. And Consider this, the oceans store about 90% of the heat in the climate system, making them a critical climate indicator. And not just a critical indicator, they are the bottom line factor. As I pointed out so many times on this broadcast, a cubic meter of seawater can contain 4,000 times more heat than a cubic meter of air. Here's the final statement from the first headline. The 10 warmest years... In the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration database have each occurred in the past ten years, and for the record, all official high temperatures that we see and we monitor are under reported so commonly underreported not over reported underreported, which means it 's even hotter than we 're being told and now let 's add the chemical cooldowns, which i 'll get to shortly, that further skew the data in an unrealistic direction, shallow layers of surface cold in which they take as many temperature readings as they can to skew the data to the downside, to mask the true severity of what's unfolding. This first headline from Axios states this, We're looking at this and we frankly are astonished. That's a statement from Gavin Schmidt, who heads NASA's Goddard Institute for Space Studies. Yes, yes. Gavin Schmidt, NASA's very own climate engineering cover-up actor. Now the second headline, listen carefully. This is from phys.org. 2023's record heat partly driven by, quote, mystery process, NASA scientist says. From the report, quote, it wasn't just a record. It was a record that broke the previous record by a record margin. Hope you followed that. El Nino, the warm phase of the Enzo cycle, that's El Nino, La Nina, normally affects the temperatures in the following year. So that would be 2024. But what we saw in 2023 was that the temperatures globally seemed to go up with the El Nino event in a much greater way than we'd ever seen before. All this from the report, which then says, the long-term trends we understand, and it's being driven by greenhouse gases. It's being driven by anthropogenic effects, AKA human caused, though of course, no mention of climate engineering. More from the report, we're expecting that to continue decade by decade until we stop emitting greenhouse gases into the atmosphere, which we haven't done yet, the report says, but what happened in 2023 was that there's something else, and that plus something is much larger than we expected, or as can yet explain. The report then says, quote, it may be that El Nino is enough, but If you look at all the other El Ninos we've had, none of them did this. So either this El Nino is really super special, they say, or the atmosphere is responding to this El Nino in a very special way, or there's something else going on and nobody has yet really narrowed these possibilities down. Yes, there it is. The proverbial elephant in the sky that the so-called climate science community refuses to acknowledge and account for It's just, quote, something else going on. And about the meltdown, yet again, the climate science community now admitting it's far worse than they thought, exactly as geoengineeringwatch.org has stated on the record for a decade and a half. From the UK Guardian, Greenland losing 30 million tons of ice an hour, study reveals. Stop and think about that, 30 million tons an hour. And in regard to, here's a footnote, in regard to sea level rise, which people think if you go down to the ocean you can't see the difference at that moment. That doesn't mean it's not rising. Look at some of the images online about islands that are literally disappearing in the south seas. There's trees in the surf line, dead trees, because the ocean's inundating them. And also consider that sea level rise is not uniform. Most people don't know that, and that sounds counterintuitive. But because of seafloor topography and tidal action, it's not uniform. But it is happening drastically in many places already, and it's accelerating radically. And when you start to lift the weight of ice off of land masses like Greenland, the entire landmass begins to rise from the seafloor, as called glacial rebound magnification of feedback loops, and there's about 50 in play right now. I'll get to more in a moment, but let's add this. From Bloomberg.com, melting Greenland has lost one trillion tons more ice than previously thought, a trillion tons more. The Greenland ice sheet, an expanse of frozen water about three times the size of Texas, is disappearing much faster than previously thought, according to new research, and the difference may already be affecting the distribution of heat around the world. No, not could be not maybe, not might be, is affecting heat distribution. And what else is affecting heat distribution more than any other factor, and probably more than all other factors combined? And that's difficult to comprehend. Covert climate intervention operations, the biggest untold story on the planet, the greatest and most immediate threat we collectively face for many reasons short of nuclear cataclysm, which is also tied to this issue, by the way, too, as they destroy the atmosphere, and they are single biggest cause of ozone deterioration and its near-functional collapse is climate engineering and the radio frequency transmissions it involves to manipulate the particulates. And now if we have a major CME, coronal mass ejection, And grids shut down around the globe, nuclear plants can't cool themselves, Fukushima times 1, 2, 300, game over. Pressing on, if it's so warm, how can it be so cold? Here's some headlines from this week, again from Axios.com. Winter whiplash, why a parade of storms is suddenly slamming the U.S. And aren't those regularly scheduled, theatrically named snowstorms interesting? From the first of the year, each storm with a theatrical name for maximum sensationalization and memory impact. Winterstorm Ember, Finn, Jerry, Heather, Indigo, next will be Jarvis, then Caden, and the list goes on. The same setup. Same pattern, moisture flowing into the western U.S. from the Pacific is heavily seeded with ice nucleating elements, cooling the air mass down, which is also scattered over the widest possible area with frequency transmissions, which cause a repelling action in the particles, causes them to scatter. As this air mass drifts east at times, most of the western U.S. can be covered with generally rainless cloud canopy, again often featureless skies that most now accept as normal, which they aren't. If you're not familiar with the capabilities of an ionosphere heater like HARP, please investigate. The atmosphere is literally a war zone at this point in time. The forcing of the atmosphere is breaking it down by the day. Frequency manipulation of the jet stream picks up more moisture from the record warm Gulf of Mexico and sends it north to combine with the chemically cooled Pacific moisture. The Gulf of Mexico moisture is also seeded with endothermic elements to cool it down. The two moisture flows then combine and are pushed north for each round of manufactured winter weather. Keep in mind, this is a shallow layer of cold air. Watching the Weather Channel Climate Engineering cover-up actors trying to explain why there is freezing rain at the surface so often now, while far above freezing temperatures are occurring at elevations 5,000 feet and higher, it's almost laughable, this whole scenario that they try to explain away. But it isn't laughable because it's tragic. It's killing everything. The biosphere is imploding. The environment is imploding. The forests are silent. Wildlife is completely tanking. Wildlife populations now down 70% in the last 40 years. That's conservatively. And I'm not blaming everything on climate engineering. I want to make that really, really clear. The human race has been unbelievably poor stewards of the planet. Where would I start? But climate engineering is so key to all of it because it is breaking down the life support systems on the planet from... The clouds to the ground, every aspect of it, soils, soil microbiome, root systems, the ozone layer, all the fundamental factors of a life support system are being eroded by the day from climate engineering operations. So now we're told that there are warm sides to winter storms and cold sides, with an ice storm transition zone between the two. The longer and more aggressively the clouds are seeded, the rain, quote, changes over to snow. Often with frozen material starting to fall at far above freezing temperatures, though precipitous declines in surface temperatures result if the process is continued. Elevation is now commonly not a factor. You're either on the warm side of the quote winter storm or the cold side. How obviously wrong can this be? And this side note, now increasingly the weather script isn't passed down the line in time. Thus, radical misses in so-called forecasting, which is really the scheduled weather. Here's an example. Last Saturday, the 13th, no snow was scheduled for my location on the east side of Lake Shasta in the forest. No snow was scheduled for even higher elevations east of my location. Yet, I woke up to six inches of snow and it was still falling. A parade of jet traffic could be heard off and on over the cloud canopy, like being at the end of an LAX runway. Throughout the entire event, the AccuWeather script readers never got the update. They showed only rain. The snow was never acknowledged. Chemically nucleated material is generally significantly colder than the surrounding ambient temperatures. Thus, it tends to eventually lower surface temperatures and helps to hold them there until it's gone, often from so-called snow turning back to rain once the cloud seeders have halted or redirected their operations. Welcome to engineered Winter weather mayhem. Search Chinese scientist engineer snowstorm to learn more. The Chinese government having admitted to their practice over their country. Or better yet, search the entire engineering winter section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. And be careful driving on this artificially nucleated material which contains surfactants, as our lab tests have proven. Surfactants are what makes soap Soap and it makes for extremely slick snow. Connect the dots. Moving on. Maximum winter weather headlines. The kind the climate engineers and their controllers are seeking. From Axios.com again Iowa's frigid forecast. Coldest caucus, the elections, weather in decades. Fringe benefit for those engineering the climate. Not that voting or the whole election process means anything. It creates just the illusion of choice, and that's all it is. Who could really believe that those in power that have held that power for an unimaginably long period of time from behind the scenes, that they're going to just allow some election to dethrone them from their stranglehold on industrialized, militarized society? That's not a reasonable conclusion. Of course, elections are a facade. From the UK Daily Mail, four die as killer Arctic freeze grips America, U.S. battles coast to coast sub zero temperatures with wind chill as low as minus 70 degrees as thunder snow rocks New York, and 95 million are under weather warnings. Thunder snow. How many who have watched weather for decades remember that from decades past? Thunder snow? Now it's common because they're nucleating convective storms that would have formerly been far too warm to produce any frozen anything except perhaps some hail not the kind of baseball-sized rocks we see falling from the sky now. If you want to see nucleated material please search Lake Michigan ice balls. Take a look at those pictures that'll shock you. Most of the U.S. The report says it's under the grip of icy winter weather as a series of arctic storms lead to dangerous conditions. Let me go through these cold headlines and then let's get to the bigger picture. Next, this headline, Buffalo experienced thundersnow with heavy snowfall leading to the postponement of an NFL playoff game. Yes, Buffalo, New York, a favorite location for the climate engineers, especially when there's a big event scheduled and then canceled, which further maximizes headline impact. Buffalo is just the right location for the climate engineers to utilize wind-blown moisture that is picked up off the record warm Great Lakes, Add some patented chemical ice nucleating elements, and there you have it. Deep snow photo ops over an extremely narrow zone. You could literally walk from snow to no snow. That's the part the climate engineering cover-up actors at the Weather Channel don't tell you. And as I'm covering all these super sensationalized headlines, keep these in mind about a week from now, a week to 10 days, when what's scheduled, at least for the moment, is coast-to-coast, above-to-far-above-to-record-high temperatures. We'll see what happens. From the UK Guardian, Arctic blast continues to sweep the entire U.S., setting record low temperatures. Sub-zero windshields grip swath of country as Arctic storms leave at least four dead and knock out electricity in parts of the Northwest. From ABC News, record-breaking Arctic blast causes storms across the U.S. From AccuWeather, relentless rounds of lake-effect snow to bury towns this week. Yes, this is what I just covered. The AccuWeather report continues, even though it's only halfway through January, some Midwest locations already exceeded their typical monthly snowfall during what feels like a never-ending cycle of lake-effect snow. Again, exactly as I formerly stated. The AccuWeather pumps up their headlines a bit more with this, quote, a snowy playoff victory in Buffalo. The hefty snowfall that occurred across the Buffalo Metro resulted in the playoff game between Buffalo and Pittsburgh being pushed from Sunday Sunday. January 14th to Monday, January 15th, footage from the game on Monday afternoon showed numerous dedicated Buffalo and Pittsburgh fans trudging through the snowy stands as the game kicked off, as well as some fans tossing armfuls of snow into the air and sliding down snow mounds. Yeah, this is exactly the kind of film footage that the climate engineers and the controllers want while the planet descends into total meltdown. More from AccuWeather. Snow drought over New York City, DC blanketed by biggest storm in two years. The report then states, for the first time in more than 700 days, an inch of snow has fallen in many of the major cities in the Northeast, and more snow, they say, is already on the horizon. Wow, a whole inch, the first inch in over 700 days. We must be entering an ice age. So much for deception and stupidity. So many sensationalized headlines of cold, cold, cold. But what's the bigger picture? What's coming in the next week to 10 days for the exact same regions that have just been subjected to a climate engineering chemical deep freeze? Coast to coast, above normal, to far above normal, to record warm temperatures... The next weather whiplash warm-up, because the temporary and toxic deep freeze of surface cold wasn't indicative of the bigger picture in the first place, and it certainly wasn't the result of nature. Elsewhere in the world, completely off-the-chart ocean temperatures, devastating floods, droughts, record-high southern hemisphere and polar temperatures, crop collapse, fisheries collapse, countries descending into starvation and chaos, over three dozen of them, and counting, and in other regions— Military mayhem and unbridled slaughter of civilians. And through it all, what's the U.S. Matrix media producing for the masses to feed on? Non-stop propaganda with almost zero coverage of anything that matters most. Non-stop election theater to further divide far too many in U.S. populations that are still clinging to the delusion that they have any say in regard to who pulls the strings. And... There is the cast of circus performers that are called candidates, both sides of the orchestrated political divide, all clowns used by the power structure for polarizing, dividing, and conquering. The candidate clowns themselves, in some cases perhaps not even consciously aware of the part they are playing in this dark drama of total deception. Well, on the subject of deception, let's keep going from CNN. Why we still have brutal cold snaps even as the planet warms to record levels. Reports us after a summer of record-breaking heat, vast swaths of the United States are now grappling with extreme cold as a brutal Arctic blast brings snow squalls, deadly ice, and life-threatening wind chills. CNN continues as unprecedented heat makes way for cold. It can provide fuel for climate change deniers who point to freezing temperatures as evidence that global warming is overstated or not happening at all. And that's exactly the effect it has, by the way. That's the intended effect. Keep the division going. Keep the confusion going until the moment of impact. CNN then says, but scientists are clear, cold extremes will still occur even as winter is warm overall. Some scientists say that climate change may even be playing a role in these icy blasts, aka like the official yarn about the so-called polar vortex. For the record, the official narrative that we should expect constant surface flash freezes between spells of record warmth, and constant ice storms, constant devastating hailstorms, constant occurrences of rain, quote, turning over to snow, often at far above freezing temperatures, and thus for no apparent reason, all of it is wrong. None of it is nature, and it's not a scientifically expected result of a rapidly warming planet. So what is it? The official narrative, the cover the tracks of the climate engineer's narrative, is that warm makes cold. No. But patented processes of chemical ice nucleation, cloud seeding, definitely does. Rewind to 1998. The climate engineers and the controllers switched from the term global warming to climate change, thus setting the stage for the official normalization of all the completely unnatural and unprecedented conditions that are now occurring. Flash freezing of the surface. Connect the dots. There's more from techuk.org. The World Economic Forum recognizes technology as a central yet complex force for combating climate change. The report then states, environmental risks have claimed top positions in the WEF's ranking of global risks, alarmingly surpassing the cost of living crises this year. The report emphasizes unprecedented heat conditions, drought, wildfires, and floods, indicating that environmental risks may reach a critical point with no possibility of reversal. For the record, again, could, may, Might doesn't apply. The point of no return is long since in the rearview mirror, about two decades back. And about growing food on a dying planet with toxic rain and a collapsing ozone layer, good luck with that moving forward. But don't worry, GMO frankenfoods will make everything better. On that note from MSN.com, concerning report reveals major problem hitting America's farmers. The statutes have not been updated in decades. What statutes is the report referring to? The ones that require labeling. So you can discern if you are buying and eating GMO foods or not. Foods grown from, for example, Monsanto's aluminum resistant seeds. Wonder why they would need those. It seems that many don't think you have a right to know what you're eating or that you shouldn't care because, quote, the use of GMO technology has already been found to be an effective way, they say, to combat climate-related concerns as vegetables and rice have been produced safely for commercial consumption. For the record, yes, GMO crops can grow twice as fast, but all too often with half the nutrition. Not good. The more calories you ingest to achieve nutritional needs, the worse it is for your system, not to mention everything else that GMO foods can and may do. As the planet's life support systems unravel at blinding speed, why are so many pretending it isn't happening or that it's something other than it is? From the UK Guardian, human behavioral crisis at root of climate breakdown, say scientists. New paper claims unless demand for resources is reduced, many other innovations are pointless. And let's add this, unless or until the so-called experts in the so-called science community start telling the truth about many issues, yes, it will all be pointless. And it isn't just the so-called experts that have lost their compass heading. How many continue to cling to the narrative that it's just a cyclical pattern, or it's just solar activity, or it's just geologic activity, etc.? Yes, there is, in fact, a denial problem on all sides of the fence, and All too often a problem correctly connecting the puzzle pieces in order to come to an accurate picture of what's unfolding and why. Summary, no matter what one wishes to conclude are the reasons for the increasingly catastrophic Earth changes. The premise of Occam's razor must apply that known sources of cause and effect cannot must not be ignored aka the human race taken as a whole has trashed the planet in the geologic blink of an eye so here's the example of what i'm stating as i've stated many times before if you found someone dead in the street that had been run over beaten stabbed shot burned etc and you try to then claim that they died of natural causes and that none of the other forms of damage had any impact you wouldn't be taken seriously so back to the current earth changes which don't bode well for the near-term fate of the human race. Any conversation about these changes that doesn't first and foremost address the damage done by the human race as a whole, with climate engineering at the top of the list, isn't a legitimate conversation, period. Damage including our collapsing climate system and ozone layer, and much more. Hang on, we're in for a ride. And you can quote me on that. You're listening to the weekly installment of Global Alert News, the Bad News Broadcast, installment number 441, January 20th, 2024. This is Dane Wigington, your host. Global Alert News is brought to you by GeoengineeringWatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of climate intervention operations known as geoengineering. The commercial free, non political Global Alert News Hours broadcast on numerous AM and FM stations throughout the country. Recordings of this broadcast can be found on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org under the recent column. And for the record, we're about to add about 10 new stations. We will be reaching many more people soon. Geoengineering Watch wishes to express our deepest gratitude to those that have helped us to expand our reach and thus our voice in this desperate last hour effort to sound the alarm to reach the non-choir that are listening on the airways. That is what we are trying so desperately to do and we are running out of time. On the subject of sounding the alarm if you're on our email list please put us on your email contact book so that our mail outs don't go to the spam files please help us to share the groundbreaking documentary The Dimming which fully exposes the climate engineering atrocities the best way to share is by circulating the direct link to The Dimming by email directly from the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org sharing directly helps us to overcome social media censorship when viewing our YouTube of The Dimming or Global Alert News or any other Geoengineering Watch video on YouTube please subscribe share and comment all of which helps us to circulate critically important data to a much wider audience. How do we reach those that still aren't looking up? Here's one way: by starting the conversation with geoengineering watch awareness-raising materials, which can be found on our homepage. Our only goal: to provide activists what they need to move this fight forward. Extremely high-quality printed materials. With shocking images, a picture is worth a thousand words as the proverb goes. We now have new Geoengineering Watch hoodies to go with our Geoengineering Watch shirts. Shirt and hoodie photos are on our homepage. We have scannable business cards and bumper stickers, all effective tools to help strike up a conversation on the climate engineering issue. Reaching a critical mass of awareness on the climate engineering onslaught is the great imperative of our time. If we can expose it, we can stop it from the inside out, as we awaken our military brothers and sisters, most importantly, to what they're participating in, their own demise and ours. This is a Climate Engineering Manhattan project happening in our skies, we need to wake them up to that. It's not benevolent, it's malevolent. If you're willing to share a picture of yourself with a geoengineering watch t-shirt, perhaps at a gym, farmer's market, or busy street downtown, please send us your photo so that we can post it as part of our activist compilation, which is now part of our materials page. The images encourage others to make their voices heard in this all-important battle to sound the alarm. And to all those that are steadfastly committed to this must-win fight for all that matters, I want to express my deepest and most profound gratitude. It is our collective efforts that can still make a difference at this late hour. So how bad is it? A new report from MSN.com. Stopped cold. Researchers hear bubbling beneath Arctic permafrost, and they unearth potential global threat. Again, correction for the record, not a potential global threat, a definite near-term existential threat. The MSN report then states, prompted by mysterious bubbling noises, a team of researchers in Norway recently Delved beneath the Arctic ice permafrost and what they unearthed could have profound implications on global climate. Significant concentrations of methane gas trapped beneath the permafrost. They warn that if released, this methane could contribute substantially to global warming. And again, not could, not may, not might, is. Next, follow me all the way through this because it gets truly off the rails. First, New from NewScientist.com, Siberia's mysterious exploding craters may be caused by hot gas. Several enormous craters left by explosions have been spotted in Siberia over the last 15 years. There's a lot more than several. And a new explanation links them to hot gas and climate change. Siberia's mysterious exploding craters may be caused by hot gas. Next, a parallel headline from ScienceAlert.com. And bear with me, you'll see the absurd point to all this in a moment. Mysterious giant exploding craters in Siberia may finally be explained. These craters, first spotted in 2012, have been popping up in the deserted Siberian permafrost. Puzzling scientists, they can be substantial, reaching more than 160 feet in depth and 65 feet in width. Some are wider than that now. Blasting chunks of debris hundreds of feet away. Some reports have suggested that the blast can be heard 60 miles away. Let's stop there for a moment. For the record, Geoengineering Watch has been sounding the alarm on the methane crater blots for a decade and a half. Again, I ask, why has it taken so long? for the so-called experts to admit to the truth. Continuing with the ScienceAlert.com report, now scientists are proposing that hot natural gas seeping from the underground reservoirs might be behind the explosive burst. Again, exactly as GeoWatch has stated for 15 years. As temperatures rise, permafrost thaws, allowing that material to decompose. The process releases methane, so scientists had naturally proposed that the methane seeping from the permafrost itself was behind the craters. This isn't a crazy thought, they say. It's notably the process that's thought to lead to thermokarsts, those are lakes that appear in areas where permafrost is melting, which bubble with methane and can be lit on fire. Rising temperatures melt the upper layer of the permafrost at the same time. This creates a perfect condition for the gas to be freed, suddenly triggering either an explosion or a mechanical collapse caused by the gas, which is under pressure. If the hypothesis is found to be correct, this could spell trouble for climate models. Natural gas is full of methane, a potent greenhouse gas. This could mean the craters are acting like chimneys through which the damaging chemical could be freed suddenly into the atmosphere. It's undeniable this is happening. If the phenomenon only exists in a very limited area, it may be that this impact is minimal on a global scale. While there is likely a large amount of methane stored in underground reservoirs, it is not clear how much of that could get out far more than we can tolerate. And no, it's not a limited area of methane deposits. Again, it's not a could, may, might scenario. It's happening. It's been happening for decades. The Bermuda Triangle scenario is a stunning example of the seafloor methane blowouts. Entire seafloor methane fields release at once. The rising column of methane gas aerates the water. Any surface vessel directly above this plume suddenly has no buoyancy and goes to the bottom intact. But wait, let's get to it now. There's a brand new twist on this scenario. Are the same so-called scientists that are blaming beavers for global warming now trying to tell us that the seafloor methane craters are just a form of mischief being conducted by dolphins and eels? And no, I'm not joking. These so-called scientists actually want us to believe this yarn. Here it is from ScienceAlert.com. Mystery of strange holes at the bottom of the ocean finally solved, they say. These mysterious depressions are not always, as had previously been thought, the result of methane seeping or blowing out from beneath the seafloor sediment. Rather, they're sometimes the mess left behind by porpoises and sand eels. Wow, you can imagine my relief in learning from these so-called scientists that the accelerating methane hydrate and clathrate blowouts that are saturating our atmosphere with a heat-trapping gas that's 120 times more potent than CO2 over a 10-year time horizon, putting the future of the planet and all life in peril in a potential doomsday feedback loop isn't the result of humans trashing the planet over only two centuries with climate engineering at the top of the list. No, according to these science experts, It's just the pesky dolphins and eels, along with the pesky beavers, as I previously covered. That's what's creating the atomic bomb-sized craters on the seafloor and in regions of Siberian tundra. So there you have it. Go back to sleep. Nothing to see here. Just beavers, dolphins, and eels. Pay no attention to the geoengineering jumbo jets spewing toxic climate engineering filth in skies all over the world. Pay no attention to the freeze-fry extreme weather whiplash scenarios that are getting worse by the day. Go back to sleep. Just beavers, dolphins, and eels. Here's another ScienceAlert.com jewel. What would happen if all the fish in the ocean disappeared? Question mark. Without fish, they say, Earth would gradually lose its beautiful white sand beaches. The coral reef ecosystem would be overgrown with algae. Lots of people would run out of food to eat. And we would lose some of the planet's most fascinating creatures. No way. Who would have thought that? Welcome to the asylum. With a power structure that has trained far too many to think like first graders. No insult intended to actual first graders. About the oceans. Record high sea surface temperatures. They're completely off the scale already far above last year's records, and still climbing. Collectively, the human race is in an all-out sprint toward its own self-annihilation, extremely near-term mathematically certain extinction. Yes, that's a bitter pill, but it is the course we are currently on. Speaking of which, from ActionNews.com, world's largest cruise ship arrives in Florida reports as the $2 billion ship. The Icon of the Seas features 20 decks, 18 of which are open to the 7,600 guests it can host at one time. According to a fact sheet, it's nearly 1,200 feet long. It can hold a crew of 2,350. There you have it. As the world goes up in flames and between episodes of chemical ice nucleation surface flash freezes, you can shell out thousands of dollars for a floating version of Disney World with about 10,000 other hardcore Who cares about the state of the world partygoers and crew? Take the time to look for an image of this cruise ship, a true monument of total insanity, sailing the rapidly heating, deoxygenating, and dying seas, Canfield Ocean is where we're headed, and dumping all of their waste along the way. But hey, who cares? It's all dying anyway, right? Sadly, that's the mentality of far too many. On the subject of soon-to-be silent monuments of human hubris and insanity, megacities, which are and always have been completely unsustainable and which will soon be the concrete and steel ghosts of what once was for a very brief chapter in time. Well, on the subject of cities that are hurtling toward impact, here's an example for those that thought the southwestern USA, Colorado River Lake Mead water crisis was all better now. Not so much. New from the UK Daily Mail, troubling chart reveals how Lake Mead water levels are set to hit lowest in almost a century with, that's lowest ever, by the way, with scientists predicting 29 foot drop over the next two years. Decades of drought are set to force water levels down to near record levels in America's largest reservoirs, threatening supplies to 25 million U.S. homes. Lake Mead is at 35% of capacity. How many people thought it was full or somewhere near full? It's one third full. And water levels have dropped 150 feet since it was full in 1983. It comes as seven states scramble to agree to a new share of supplies from the Colorado River that feeds the reservoir. So, no. No. The so-called rainpocalypse from last year hasn't rewritten reality. It's only served to keep the southwestern U.S. populations from panicking for the moment. Lakes are drying and dying all over the world. Here's another example from KUER.org. Kazakhstan's Drying Aral Sea carries a message for those worried about the Great Salt Lake. Once the fourth largest lake on the planet, today it's estimated that the Aral Sea in Central Asia has dried up to just a tenth of its size. The retreat of the Aral Sea serves as a cautionary tale for the potential fate of the Great Salt Lake. In western Kazakhstan, this doomsday scenario is reality. And this related headline, also from KUER.org, The Salton Sea shows why Utah should pay attention to Great Salt Lake's stench. They're referring to the release of hydrogen sulfide from the drying and dying lakes. Not good. And this dying lake from one of the last remaining remote regions on the planet, new from the Guardian, the age of extinction, this pristine lake has endured two million years. Why are its fish in crisis? The lake is warming and deoxygenating. It's happening to waters all over the world. Two million years it's been fine. Now it's not in the geologic blink of an eye. We're back to what I stated earlier in this broadcast. Those who think that all these extreme Existential threat earth changes just happen to occur at this exact moment in time in complete lockstep with human activity with climate engineering being at the top of the list, but not the only factor. Never think that. The statistical and mathematical odds of that being anything else but what we have done to the planet is a statistical zero. Whatever else is going on cosmologically, you cannot eliminate the known cause and effect that has brought us to this point. On the subject of drought from AP News, another story, traffic through the Panama Canal is being slashed because of drought disrupting global trade. Part of the plan, I'm sure. The new cuts announced by authorities in Panama are set to deal an even greater economic blow than previously expected. Yes, it's all worse than expected, isn't it? Across the board. Will that be their excuse when the stock market Ponzi scheme is finally allowed to completely implode? And it's coming. Bet on it. And about the Panama Canal and the dwindling lakes and rivers, the ones that aren't Are flooded. The climate engineers control the spigot. They control the precipitation, how much, how little, how toxic. And on the subject of toxic, from the UK Independent, an update on our microplastics world. And keep in mind, polymer fibers are named in climate engineering patents. Here's the headline Majority of burgers, steaks, chicken, and plant based meats contain microplastics. Study reveals chicken, beef, pork and tofu contain as much microplastic as fish. The vast majority of meat and plant-based proteins contain tiny plastic particles. A new study has found it's in everything at this point, as I've gone over week after week. While the prolific presence of microplastics in fish and shellfish has long been known, there has been less exploration and investigation into how proteins like beef and chicken are impacted by the world's burgeoning plastic pollution. Micro and nanoplastics are minuscule particles which shed from larger plastic products. Again, that is only the official source. Look up. Look at climate engineering patents. Connect the dots. They say increasing numbers of studies have shown that they, the microplastics, can damage cells in the human body, leading to serious health effects, including cancers, lung disease, and birth defects. The latest study discovered that 90% of proteins, again, including pork, beef, chicken, tofu, and three different plant-based alternatives contain as much plastic as fish. Using survey data, the authors of this study estimated that an average American adult may consume around 11,500 microplastics per year, with potential exposure reaching as high as 3.8 million microplastics. Total lie. Again, consider the new science study I covered in last week's broadcast, that there are hundreds of thousands of microplastics in a single bottle of water. Over the course of an entire year, including the air we breathe, which isn't calculated in any of these equations, God only knows how many tens of millions or hundreds of millions of microplastic particles we are absorbing, bioavailable and bioaccumulative. What's it doing to us? And what about the the metals as well? aluminum, barium, strontium, graphene, mercury, synergistic toxicity. When you start to combine this plethora of toxic elements, the total toxicity gets exponentially worse. None of that in any of these calculations. And how many care? Self-annihilating willful blindness. Welcome to far too many in the ranks of the human race. What will it take for more of our species to respond to the converging catastrophes that are closing in from every direction? Why weren't Americans taking to the streets immediately after the JFK assassination, which we are clearly still being lied to about today after 60 plus years, along with so many other lies, a constant streaming of brand new lies? It never ends, or at least it hasn't yet, but it will. Biosphere collapse is and always will be the bottom line. Native American Lakota chief, Luther Standing Bear said this, The elders were wise. They knew that man's heart, away from nature, becomes hard. They knew that lack of respect for growing, living things soon led to a lack of respect for humans also. How true that is. How many are still trying to convince themselves that it's just them creating climate collapse and biosphere collapse, a.k.a. the controllers of the matrix, or that it's just climate engineering, or just Al Gore and his private jet. Again, for the record, those in power could not do what they do without the active or passive support of the majority population. When will that part of the equation be realized, acknowledged, and acted upon? When? And... What are far too many doing in the meantime? As we hurtle toward planetary Mad Max on countless fronts, they're spending like there's no tomorrow because if we remain in the current course, there won't be. From CollapseLiveSubstack.com, this, Welcome to the Doom Economy. A recent study conducted by Qualtrics on behalf of Intuit Credit Karma defines, quote, Doom spending as making purchases to cope with stress despite concerns about the economy and foreign affairs and biosphere collapse. Not surprisingly, this phenomenon is most common among younger generations. 35% of Gen Z and 43% of millennials engage in mindless shopping as a way to soothe woes outside their control. You can't fix it that way. According to the most recent statistics, 62% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck, but who cares? We're in the doom economy. Next stop, total collapse. For the record, I so wish it was different. I wish I was still spending my days working in the forest in total solitude, restoring habitat that was damaged from decades of destructive logging. I so miss those years, but how could I continue knowing what I did after dozens of rain tests and years of research? What would be the point of continuing my work in the forest when it was rapidly dying from so many factors, of which climate engineering was a core component, from which there was and is no escape? My conscience left me no option but to face the fight, which I've now spent 20 years of my life in. And along the way, I've had the great honor of connecting with so many others who have also dedicated themselves to this epic battle for all that matters, literally the web of life on which our lives completely depend. How simple can this equation be? Countless forms of highly destructive human activities must be halted if we're to survive for much longer. At the top of this list is the climate engineering insanity, total malevolence, the crown jewel of power and control being utilized on an unimaginable scale. It's up to each of us to decide that we're here for a reason, to decide to make a difference, to decide to make our voices heard. Time isn't on our side. Check the activist suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org for specific instructions on how to move this fight forward. Please make every day count. Until next week, this is Dane Wigginton with geoengineeringwatch.org.